Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Oh, thanks. It's nice to hear that. I hope you all had a joyful Christmas, a good New Year. I don't know if any of you watched any good Christmas telly, um, but if some of you did, you might have seen me. If you haven't, come and chat to me afterwards. Um, <laughs> But it's the new year. It's the new year, isn't it? And uh, those who follow Jesus particularly have a few opportunities to um, reflect on our rhythms of life in a kind of new year sense. Uh, Lots of us, we have September because there's a kind of school term feel. We have the season of Advent in the church, the new uh, church year. And we have uh, the calendar year at January to reflect on our rhythms of life. And last week we heard from Joanna about perspective and seeing things through God's eyes, which was a great way to start uh, the year for those of us who are here, and you can catch up on the podcast. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be reminded of and encouraged in a few rhythms that help us stay close to God, stay close to Jesus, and become more like him. It's not an exhaustive list, just to say. We're not going through every spiritual discipline we could ever think about. But hopefully it's an encouraging few weeks to remind us of how we can stay close to Jesus. And um, we've chosen that word rhythms because it's talking about practices, uh, both communal and individual, that form us over time and with repetition. And uh, we can have different rhythms in different stages of our lives. So as I talk today in a moment about the Bible, we find ourselves having uh, different stages of life where we might engage in the Bible in different ways, in different styles, with different people, and that's okay. And I think sometimes routines and disciplines, those words, depending on um, our experience, can have negative connotations for us. Sometimes they have really positive connotations, even though you know, they don't need to have negative ones. And rhythms has that bit more of a natural feel to it as we go through. Also, I love the verses of Matthew 11, 28 to 30 in the message, which is a faithful paraphrase of the Bible, where Jesus speaks to his followers. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And that was a real invitation uh, to me in this year, to continue to learn with Jesus those rhythms of grace. So one of those rhythms we're going to think about today is engaging in the Bible, reading and learning and studying and talking about the Bible together to help it shape our lives. Now we have some Bibles here, some physical paper Bibles here and on the steps. If you'd like one this morning and you don't have one with you, I would encourage you to come and get a Bible. You might have one on your phone, you might have your physical one. You can move now if you would like a Bible. I have mine, I've had this since I was, this is one of mine I've had since I was 15, and you can tell I put a lot of post-it notes in it because I thought I wanted to remember all those verses. 
And there's nothing quite like also having, you know, bringing a Bible maybe to church, having your own Bible that you are familiar with, that you get to know where things are on the page, that you might highlight if you're that kind of person. Um, so if that's you, I encourage you, uh, maybe start that rhythm this year of bringing your Bible to church so that when we're talking about it and looking at it together, you can be looking at it as well to what's in there. So depending on our church experience, our background, our educational background, our confidence with uh, reading, our attitudes towards kind of authoritative things, that will shape our initial reaction to engaging with the Bible. And all of those are real and felt to us. But there is a greater story and we are not the center of it. And that is the best news in the world. You can read and listen to it in almost any language. Shout out to the Bible translators and the Bibles in different, uh, many different languages from those original languages that we received it in. This story is more accessible now than it ever has been and it is free. So this morning I want to encourage us to be encouraged as we think about this rhythm of engaging with the Bible because God speaks. And I'm continually excited to engage in it, just like the church throughout history has been, because in it we hear God's voice, a God who speaks to us. We hear the story, the reality of God's relationship with us, with the world, how God made us in love, rescued us in love, and empowers us in love, most fully in the word made flesh, the person of Jesus. So the eagle eye today might notice as well that I'm using some headings uh, that we had in our Hebrew series last year that uh, Lizzie gave a talk on perseverance. And they work so well, and I think there's a sense of persevering with scripture that I have used them again and applied them to the Bible. Um, And I think they will help us. We find that the Bible itself, this living library and its authors, understands itself as a speaking book Not one just full of information, but practical, life-shaping wisdom. And we see the Bible has a kind of sense of uh, its own purpose with the author speaking to us. And so Sarah's going to come and read us this uh, passage. It's going to help us think about that today. If you want to turn to it, it's 2 Timothy, second half of the Bible in the New Testament, chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 14 to uh, 17 and From 15, it's going to come up on the screen for us as well. But as as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it might help us to have that open in front of us as we uh, look at these things. Uh, This passage is found in a letter from the Apostle Paul to a young church leader, a mentor to a mentee, Um, And it's in the context of continuing faithfulness to God and the gospel that Paul is encouraging Timothy in, um, in the face of persecution uh, in his context in the early church. 
We see in this passage that Timothy has known the Holy Scriptures since infancy. And I imagine that that's not necessarily with a child, children's Bible or a picture book like we have today, although those are really good and I'm going to encourage us to use all the Bible resources to engage our families uh, later on. But Timothy would have known the Scriptures through hearing the story of Scripture shared in community, recounted again and again, the instruction of God to his people in the Old Testament about how to live for God and show his love to the world. He would have had it on his mind uh, and on his lips. And uh, this was known in the Old Testament as well. They were encouraged to do this in the story of God's people after they were rescued from slavery in Egypt and given the law, the instruction of God, uh, recounted by Moses, In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 6, um, Moses says to them, Hear, O Israel, the people of God. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Jesus would later say these words. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them to your foreheads, write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. So this is how Timothy would have known these scriptures. He would have known them in his family, probably memorizing scriptures together. We see that it's when they go out and they come back. So when they go to work, um, when they're at home, when they're traveling, they would have been thinking about God's instruction. And in the morning and the evening, it shapes their days. And here, the Holy Scriptures is referring to the Old Testament. Lots of us might know that. But it's also acknowledged elsewhere in the New Testament that there are writings circulating in the early church soon after Jesus that are received and trusted as Holy Scripture, which often means they witness to Jesus truthfully. They are useful for the church in following him, and they are inspired by the Holy Spirit. I wonder if that feels like your situation on your family at the moment, whether you feel like you have those scriptures on your heart and in your mind, whether you talk about them on the way. Timothy here has learned and become convinced about Jesus and the gospel through knowing the scriptures and is encouraged to continue in what he's learned. God wants to show us Jesus in our engagement with the Bible. That's his heart for us. And I feel like I've experienced that a bit. I grew up going to church, which is not everyone's experience, um, but I grew up hearing Bible readings every week read out in church, and sometimes I got to read them as well, which was exciting for me when I was little. Um, But I didn't spend much time thinking about the Bible outside of that, reading those again, talking about what they might mean with my peers or with my family. We didn't really talk about faith at home. And that changed when I was in my teens and I got this Bible, and as I, I joined a great youth group that encouraged me to engage with the Bible as ours does here. And I read it more and more and I talked about it in community. And you can see here, all of it's underlined and colored in. And um, 
I didn't have a red letter Bible where the, the words of Jesus are in red, so that all of the words of Jesus in this Bible are highlighted. So it's just me going through it. This is important. But I grew a deep appreciation for this living library, both for its kind of beauty and how it's written, its honesty about human beings and our existence, its rawness, its scope, and it pointing me to Jesus and giving shape to what I was already experiencing by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible has, is no respecter of status or of knowledge or of academic background. God speaks through the Bible to anyone and everyone, especially when we are seeking God too. That passage in Timothy says, the scriptures make us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus tells us what and who we need to know. It's very practical and it has purpose. It's breathed by God. The authors were inspired by God to write what they wrote in their context and time. It's useful. If you're someone there that's like, oh, but what, you know, what's the difference? What does it mean? If you want usefulness, read the Bible with other people. It's useful for teaching us, for rebuking or correcting, training us to be like God so that we are equipped for every good work that God has for us. So that's from Paul to Timothy, and now to us. Do we want wisdom? I think in our world today, there's so much going on, so many power plays, so many um, distractions on our attention. I want to be wise going into this year. Do we need training in righteousness, training to be more like Jesus? Do we want to be equipped for the rest of the day, for our work this week, for how we interact with people in our family or at work, or our friends? And I just want to note um, a word on inspiration. Many theologians and followers of Jesus have wrestled with the nuts and bolts of inspiration, the mechanics of it, how does it work? In some faiths, there is an understanding of inspiration where the writer is sort of in a godly trance and they kind of write out what God would have. That's not quite how the Christian understanding of inspiration works. It's much more a relationship. It's much more rooted in real life and context. But there's lots of questions about it. Are all the original words inspired or is it the translations are there other texts inspired by God you know like really good poetry I find that just as scripture claims to be useful to us inspiration is also linked to that idea and Tom Wright who's a wonderful uh, theologian and writer helpfully says inspiration is a shorthand way of talking about the belief the trust that by God's Spirit, God guided the very different writers and editors so that the books they produced were the books that God intended his people to have. So while we can debate and talk about that, I wonder what would happen if we receive the scriptures as the Bible God intends us to have today, to listen to it and to read it, which the church has done as God-breathed and useful, and we put the Bible to work in our lives and community. 
This won't necessarily mean that we all agree on the interpretation or the implications and applications of every single thing that the biblical authors say, that the text says. And that's okay. There are, I believe, more kind of faithful ways and often sensible ways of interpreting scripture that take seriously the biblical author's worldview, the context, the intentions, as we try and let the Bible read us and challenge us to live in the reality of God's loving action that it depicts. But the church has talked about interpretations of the Bible for its whole life. That's normal in the church. But I think what this does mean, this inspiration, is that we, we can't just ignore what the Bible says or what seems to say. Or we do it at our peril because we're cutting off a source of God's voice. And God's voice, as he speaks into creation, as he speaks the word, as he speaks the word made flesh, is authoritative. It has authority over us. The creator speaks. And that's why we have a time of hearing and reflecting on the scriptures in our gathered worship. It's why it's really good to have a Bible with us so that we can see what's being talked about. So that we need rhythms that are communal when we do it all together here and in our small groups. And rhythms that are personal in our stage of life that shape us. So um, I hope I have encouraged you and reminded us of the value and the usefulness and the invitation of God to have a rhythm with his word this year. So to think practically for a few moments how we develop those rhythms of Bible reading and learning together, especially I would say in a context in this country where most of us don't face persecution for engaging with the Bible. There are other places in the world where they would be doing this in secret, be very dangerous. We have the freedom to do it here together. A few things. As we engage in our rhythms of the Bible, let's be holy. Let's be formed by God's word. To be made holy is to be set apart for God. And it involves joining in with God's work in us. It's to do and live the life and words and actions of Jesus. And in the Bible, the theme of um, listening and hearing is one that is never just listening and then it stops there. It always follows with action. We see that in the words of James 1.22 where James, the brother of Jesus, says to the early church, do not merely listen to the word, do what it says. Very practical and it's a similar um, idea in the Old Testament. But it takes time to be formed, doesn't it? Before we head forwards, it's sometimes helpful to assess where we've been. And so it might be good at the beginning of this year or just with friends or someone that you pray with maybe to think, what am I listening to currently? What is coming in to my life and my mind? Um, There's lots of things that try and do this in our weeks, isn't there? Um, They're not all bad, but they do take up a lot of time. Social media, and that's not just, I say social media, not just as an age bracket thing, but across the board um, online being connected in that way. Sometimes people's views of the world in our workplace are different to what the Bible might say or what we watch on telly. There are many legitimate concerns of maybe illness, suffering, injustice and war, and the Bible speaks to these as well. 
One pastor describes discipleship or being formed by Jesus as an act of unceasing fidelity, faithfulness, commitment, an intentional moving towards Jesus. In the Psalm uh, 119, which is the longest psalm, there's a meditation on um, what it is to follow Jesus by living according to your word. And we're going to meditate on that in a few moments. It says, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. We're invited to seek, to be taught, to recount, to rejoice, to delight in God's ways, and that takes time. But with time means being long-term or persevering. Because the Bible is complex and it's a long book. There's lots of types of writing, and although it was written for us, it wasn't originally written to us. So we learn over time together. Bill Gates said, most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years or five years. So when we think about long term, it takes away, I hope, a sense of guilt or obligation. And one of uh, my previous vicars used to say, if you miss one day of reading the Bible, just don't miss two. He would never be sort of, oh, this is not very good. He would just say, don't miss it again, do it again. So let's build small, regular habits. A plan to help us read the Bible might help. There are loads online and on apps. A commitment to going to small group where we will engage in Bible study. Maybe deciding to pray through the Psalms and letting them speak into our daily life. Or memorizing a verse that you can pray and speak over your day-to-day activities maybe at work or in your family. Or reading the Bible passage again from a Sunday and talking about it at home. Reading the Bible with our children and talking about it. Saying, what did you notice? What was interesting? What is God like in this story? We learn just as much from doing that as our children and young people. And one of uh, my delights is finding and you know, giving away resources. If you go to the resources page on our website at St. George's, you will find enough resources to keep you going for a year and more. So don't feel, oh, I don't know where to start, because there's loads there for us to think about. Another thing that I found helpful is the phrase, gulp, don't sip. I heard this last year. Gulp is a kind of quite unattractive word, isn't it? Because you imagine someone kind of gulping. But it's the idea of um, reading lots of the Bible in one go, and particularly doing that in community. And in the long term, it's good for us to take in maybe larger sections of the Bible in one go every so often. I'm not talking about daily, I'm talking about every so often. It helps us to get the whole sweep and story of the Bible in us. So this morning, I listened to the book of 2 Timothy um, while I was like having my cup of tea in the morning. It's 12 minutes long. It's not that long. So I just listened to it to remind myself of the passage. And I think, I wonder if we need both kind of that daily devotional time that's a bit shorter maybe, sets us up well for the day if we do it in the morning, reminds us of who God is. And then also maybe um, a weekly or a monthly time when we read a bit more of the Bible or we listen to it, particularly with other people. 
because the Bible is always a communal uh, book. And again, you can read that or you can listen to it as well. There's lots of different ways of engaging in it. You can listen to some scripture in a group, reflect in quiet, listen again, talk about what you notice, listen again, and do that pattern and see what happens. Just as an encouragement, um, it takes one and a half hours to listen to the Gospel of Mark. So if you were like going on a journey, or you're doing like going on a run or something, or you're washing up, I don't think it takes an hour and a half to wash up. You never know. <laughs> don't know what's happening. Um, Fifteen minutes, uh, you would get through the Book of James, or you could listen to the Sermon on the Mount, or you could listen to Psalm 119. I had a nerdy moment um, a couple of weeks ago because I was thinking about the book of Exodus and I was driving from Northumbria down and it takes three hours, 15 minutes to listen to the book of Exodus. So I did, just listened. And I wasn't there going, I must remember everything. I must know the main points that God is trying to teach me. I just listened to the story. And then we want to be focused. So I would say there's sometimes we want to give our attention our, our affection to God in prayer as we start to engage in scripture and then to kind of focus on it a little bit. Sometimes it's good to listen, sometimes it's good to focus. Not for the sake of knowing more information or impressing others, but to know Jesus more closely, to think about how the Bible points to Jesus. And have a think about how you focus best and engage with the Bible in that way. Be focused when we meet together. Go away and look up what we say. If you listen to a podcast, why not go and look at that passage and go, did what they said make sense? Did the person that they talked about, maybe I could go and listen to him or her? You know, that kind of thing. You know, let's work with the Bible and see what it says. And finally, when we look to do what it says, when we think there's an application that God might have for us, it's really good to make that, uh, there's four Ps, it's wonderful, Personal, practical, that might say personable, (laughs) I don't think I'm, it's meant to say personal, but the Bible is, you know, it might be very personable for you. Uh, Practical, possible, and provable. Just helps me think about it. Sometimes you can write those things and then, you know, is is it personal to you, as in this is something that, you know, is specific to your life? Is it practical that you could actually do it? So if you were like, I'm going to read the whole Bible, That might be, I'm going to read a part of the Bible every week, and then I will read the whole Bible. Or if it's, I'm going to think about how I talk at work, it's like, I will choose to not gossip. So you might think, if someone starts gossiping, this is what I'm going to do, and do that. Is it possible? Are you trying to do too much at once? Or is it, and is it provable? Can you afterwards say, I did that thing. When that person started talking about the other person, I, I said, oh, actually, no, I'm not, I don't want to join in that conversation. I walked away. You can prove it. And I think those things really help us to be specific. Other times, we're invited to a broader understanding of a theme in the Bible. It's not all about one specific thing. And those are really good to talk about with other people as well. So the Bible is for us. It's useful. It shapes our view of the world and who we are. And there are many ways to engage in it both together and on our own with God that lead us into a greater intimacy with him 
that we would live like him in the world. So I wonder what your rhythm, our rhythm of engaging with the Bible this year will be. It might be the same. You might continue like Timothy in what you're doing. There might be some things you want to think about and tweak. Thank you for listening to the St. George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.